Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diane Time is here. That's right. We're talking about Final Destination 5 on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Sawsville, USA, Canada, where apparently the Final Destination movies take place. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. That's right, we're going to unpack all the gory details of Final Destination 5 in the hopes that a paper mill employee's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person that I trust to make sure my gift certificate to the massage parlor finds its way into her pants. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Hang on, let me yank this acupuncture needle out of my chest. (laughs) Um, I have a note about Isaac. Uh, and I want you to think about it a little bit, right? Because we have a bit of a tradition here when it comes to someone described as a dirty peanut. And my secret belief is that Isaac is a dirty peanut, but he's dirty on the inside, Gina. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's, he's a complete pervert. <laughs> and casually racist. Yeah, oh, yes. I mean, but the most casual. There, there's no black tie event of racism he's going to. It's, it's all like jeans. <laughs> it's jeans and sneakers. It's, it's all ties with mismatched colors and patterns with his shirts. That sort of deal. That kind of racism. Um, he's also a misogynist, but I don't think he's a professional. I think he does it for the love. Uh, now, I don't want to alarm you, Gina, But we are not alone. That is right. We have a special guest. Now, you might know him as a filmmaker or the managing editor of Dread Central or, of course, his own podcast, Development Hell. The one, the only Josh Corngut. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. We're thrilled to have you here. Um, Wanting to have you on for a while. And so what? better reason than to here to cap off season five uh talking about the last final destination movie for now (laughs) um josh what is your history with final destination what was the first one you saw in theaters was it five was it number one tell us all about it that's a great question i think it was one of the later ones either three or four um, definitely saw five in theaters with my dad at like 11 a.m. on a Sunday, which I think is like the perfect, perfect. way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it might have been four and five that I actually got to see in theaters, but I've seen them all, you know, about a billion times because, you know, these are cinema. This is my favorite kind of horror. So I'm very happy you asked me to join. Was this like, because you're, you're growing up at a, at, a, at a different time than us. So we all, we all have like those core franchises that, um, you know, attract mm-hmm. us to horror because it's a very franchisey genre. <laughs> so was fi- Final Destination your thing? Was it Saw? What, what, it's kind of in that time mm-hmm. frame. What was your go-to? Well, my go-to was definitely the older stuff like A Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday Mm -hmm. the 13th. But I will say I had a very visceral connection with Final Destination because I remember being in the theater and there's like always in these movies like a close-up shot of like their gravestones. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was the first time 
a character in a movie was my age, like someone oh. was gravestone said like 1989 to like now. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm fair game. Like, I guess <laughs> I, it's, it's my time. So that's my connection here. No, I, I get that actually, because uh, I'm trying to remember the, I, you know, one of the reasons Jaws always freaked me out when I was a kid, because that was the first movie I ever saw a kid get killed in mm-hmm. and rather horrifically. And, mm-hmm. and that really just burned into my, my little brain. I remember that particular sequence, uh, seeing that at the Montrose Theater here in Montrose, California, (laughs) vividly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And also, like, you know, horror is that thing that allows us to, you know, sort of exercise those fear demons out of us uh, Mm -hmm. in the safest way possible. Uh, So that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, whereas my connection to Final Destination was when the first one came out, I was flying all the fucking time for my job. Mm-hmm. And so the, the idea of getting on an airplane, I saw it crash every single time I got on. So to oh. to then see somebody do that and it ended up crashing was uh, quite a wake-up call. And then, of course, I my visceral love, and I've said this before, of the DVD of Final Destination, which had a menu on it. Uh, in the special features that prognosticated your death. Wow, <laughs> I don't remember that. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, it, it, unfortunately, I don't believe they've replicated that digitally. Um, <laughs> I don't appear to still have that DVD for whatever reason. So how are but you doing? Yes. How are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I outlived it. I, I'm still here, baby. Uh, it had me going out early, uh, okay. but I rose above. And, well, uh, you, you beat death. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, you, you say that out loud and, and a, a plane engine is going to just come right through <laughs> right the, in, the right roof in for your the back uh, of your head. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. No, but like Patrick, DVD hello, menus. Patrick. They used to be so creative and so good. And this was the era, I think, where DVD menus were like peaked, would be like the first Final Destination movie. I remember mm-hmm. the 13 Ghosts DVD menu around the same time really blowing my mind. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a time, those things made money. It, it was just like printing money and then someone decided we shouldn't have physical things it should all exist in a place where it can disappear at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. that's how we'll make money uh which was a great business plan no notes it's working out fantastic for everyone (laughs) i've been out of work for months anyways we're not here to talk about my financial situation we're here to talk about Final Destination 5. So a bit of background here real fast. After the Final Destination's insane box office haul. And of course, for all of, almost all of our franchises, with the exception of Scream, Gina, the worst movie earns the absolute most <laughs> out of the franchise. I know. And, and I then know. they're like, well, we can't fucking end this. Obviously, there's an appetite for more Final Destination movies. And so... They go to CinemaCon and they announce we got a five five cool coming out in theaters in 2011. It's also going to be filmed in 3D. Um, and they don't promise it at the time. They just deliver on seven font, meeting Friday the 13th shattering glass and explosion motifs. Again, with bones. Lots of bones, Gina. But in the movie... No one appears to have bones. We're just we're just soft and squishy. <laughs> I'm like, if you no if, no if, one character has a lot of bones, but I was but, say, but she took bones. all she she took all the bones with her. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like she Isaac's loaded got with a, bones. Got, got a bit of a bone as well. 
we know. It's true. Um, but this is like a weird phenomenon. I think we started to see in three a lot and is definitely present in, in four. And then it's just a, that the, the bodies are made of rubber. Like, Gumby. I don't know if you remember the final destination. We just covered it. But Josh, in that a person's leg gets pulled into an escalator and it's just flabby meat. Mm. There's no bones in that leg. Yuck. Um, Well, you know. I I just, I feel like they've exhausted all the bone supply for the opening credits. And then you get to the movie and they're like, well, did you bring any bones? And they're like, nope. We don't have a lot any of bones money anymore. A lot of bones. A lot of lacking bones. Do you remember? I'm sorry, this is dumb, but in Harry Potter, there was a really freaky scene where someone accidentally like loses all their bones and their leg oh. for some reason because a spell goes wrong. It's really gross. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Yeah. That spell is pretty much across the board <laughs> in this movie with one, <laughs> one exception. Um, <laughs> I think it is worth noting because it, it, it's... It's it's weird how things work, but the script here is by Eric Heiserer. Um, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. My apologize. I apologize to Eric. Um, but he's had some ups and downs in this industry. Notably, he earned an Oscar nomination for the adapted screenplay of Arrival in 2016, oh my God. which is a great movie. But Earlier in his screenwriting career, he penned the 2010 Thing prequel, uh, um, which uh, Cursed would just be the beginning of well, would how you that say turned out. The writing that was cursed, or was it like. No. Yeah. I would say it was the moment that a universal executive said, I don't like all how I can see yes. what's happening here. It looks too Fuck good. Fuck it up digitally. CGI. Exactly. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, I also think the third act in that is fucking weird, but I don't know how else you're you're gonna do it. it. It's just, it's an impossible standard to meet. But I do feel like they do actually lay out the plot reasonably well. Here's another script that the problem is not the script; it's the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which he penned as well. Oh no! No, that's the script that brought everyone on board. <laughs> And then when they got to filming, they're like, fuck this shit. And they made just the worst version of Nightmares on Elm Street you possibly could. And all the ideas that are good that he had are just chucked in favor of not your daddy's Freddy. Micronaps. Was that him? Was he Micronap guy? Micronaps is him. But he also had the idea that Freddy is actually innocent and that you have... Huh. The dad who's the police chief was the real villain. So wow. that a cab. The 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 <laughs> revenge makes sense. We know why he's going after these kids to punish the parents who killed him when he was innocent. And so you have a a a, a villain in the physical world and you have a villain in the dream world. And like cool. all of a sudden, that's a good idea, baby. Now you got a stew going. But the actual movie is like, oh, no, no, no. It would be much better if we focus on Freddy's um, uh, being a pedo. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bummer and bad. I always want to rewatch it. And I always I'm like, maybe it's not that bad. And then it always is. It always it, is that bad. Yeah. It's just terrible. It, it is mind-numbingly bad. I and it prefer just, it to number six. Is that bad? <laughs> I'm sorry I do. Um, 
Well, listen, I'm not going to doubt anyone's emotional reaction to art <laughs> when it's genuine. I just don't. All right. It's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people should like what they like and don't like what they don't and never <laughs> be argued into or out of it. It's fine. It's ice cream. We all like ice cream if you like a different flavor than Oh, me. I'll <laughs> argue you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, you know, but when someone says, oh, I love Dream Child, then I start looking at them weird. That's, <laughs> to me, the hardest no out of that Ridge section. Harder than, than Freddy's Debt? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a tough call. Honestly, I think that's a tough call. You I know- mean- Six knows, Six has an idea of what it is, right? Because mm. un, unlike some of the other ones that didn't start in the middle of a writer's strike, like it, it, it wants to be a cartoon. Yeah, and, and it, it sure is. And, is. and if you don't like the cartoon version of it, you're not going to like it. But Five is convinced that it's real high art and drama. Oh, it and is. And also, it's got something to say. Yeah. And <laughs> what it has to say is... Um, is that your idea that you have rights to your own body are wrong. Whoa. It thinks it's uh, pro-choice, but then delivers a complete forced burst narrative um, because uh, no one knows what they're doing. And uh, ultimately, I think we all learned from talking about that, Gina, was that it would have been better if that rap had been the thing that killed Freddie. (laughs) <laughs> if her rapping that rap they all rap together if that had been the thing that killed freddie then five stars no notes <laughs> you know five is bad there's no doubt about it but there's something about that middle trilogy that is just so wholesome and comforting to me so i accept I, it. I think it's all about what it comes down to i mean i've always had warm and fuzzy feelings about four well four and is, then we, is and then cinema we watched it and we're like well at one point, a guy gets killed in a sensual dojo by a ghost. And it's amazing. Just like an invisible fucking man because they've run out of money. And you're kind of like, well, yeah. is it bad? Yes. Do I, does it, does it harm me as a person? Absolutely not. You know, it's just, it's a, <laughs> it's a weird middle ground where I don't agree with everything, but I also can't really hate it. It's Five genius. is where and I kind of draw the line. Fake Christian Slater is the best. I love him. <laughs> and I wouldn't change a thing. I don't have a problem with the actor, nor do I have a problem with, with him mimicking Christian Slater, because who amongst us? Uh, my voice has often been compared to Whoa, Christian Slater yeah. if he was drunk. You do sound um, like Christian Slater. I know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's cool if I could enunciate, Josh. Um, that's no, the hard cool. part. I really have to concentrate on actually hitting plosives. And it's very uh, Heather's but, version of him, too, now that I'm mm-hmm. listening. So, yeah. cool. Well, I came of an age, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's return, unfortunately, back to Final Destination. We could talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street all day, and we have. We did for a full fucking year. <laughs> um, but we could probably do it for another year. But Eric uh, pens the script for this, and it goes to a brand new director for the first time in the Final Destination franchise. Someone else is coming in to direct. And so, um, this movie is just constantly confounded by the need of this franchise to cast roles with similar looking people. I- I'm not sure <laughs> what it is, but if they see one person, they're like, what if we found 
two of those people. Yeah. I was also really distracted by how much the one actor looked like a sort of wish Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, a a, a a Tom Cruise by Sheen sort of thing. Yeah, a little, a little, there's like a eyebrows. little. I, think I was, love his eyebrows. I think I think he was trying. I think you know somebody told him that he looked vaguely like him, and he kind of mm-hmm. like ran with it. I just I, I prefer him to Tom Cruise. If I be real with you, <laughs> he's got fa- fashion eyebrows. He's got the Cara Delevingne. Sure. Yes. I mean, they're statement brows. I don't begrudge them. <laughs> Yeah, like when he, it's the reason you can tell the difference between him and the other guy. It's the eyebrow. But, but if you were like to look away and say, point to which one is Sam, point to which one is Peter, no. you wouldn't, be, you would be like aiming for eyebrows every single time because <laughs> there's no difference in their initial characters or no. physical appearance. They're mm. just, they like came out of a mold press and then uh, everywhere else. So, like, I don't know, a blonde, a brunette. Someone who puts on glasses. A lot, a lot of center, a lot of center parts happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of long hair. No, no, none, of, none of the girls are allowed to have short hair in these movies. It's always exactly. like the long, luxurious hair. Very flat, though, for the time. You know. Yeah. Well, it was a confusing time in between decades. We hadn't chosen a path for ourselves. Yeah. Again, longtime listeners will know that the reason why these decades were so weird was that we were all supposed to die. In Y2K. And when it didn't happen, we all went slightly insane, which also, again, happened when we were all supposed to die in a pandemic. It didn't. And then we all went insane. Now we're just a different kind of insane. Yeah, it's it's shades, you know. The glitch. That makes sense. Yeah, kind of. San Junipero. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, welcome to wherever the fuck this is. Um, I suppose that if the first one took place in some part of New York, this is also someplace in New York, but the other three movies never really define where they are. They, they live in a place with trees, but it's not Canada, but it's not America. We often refer to it as Sawsville, USA, Canada, where all the Saw movies take place. Yeah, uh, where, where you can die for being a, a vigilante cop, or if you're just caught in a love triangle, you're still going to get sawed in half because that's the way things work there. Mm-hmm. So um, this is also a very arbitrary place. Um, the first character we meet is named Sam. Um, he's about to be fired. His girlfriend is breaking up with him, but he's very unsure whether anything should change about his life. He could be described as thicker than Mississippi mud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he just looks slightly perturbed about everything. Yeah, he um, has head shake disease. He has yes. that, um, that George Clooney on ER problem where George Clooney, everyone's like, you're really handsome. He's like, do I have a character? They're like, no, 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 you're really handsome. No, he has a character he can cook. <laughs> he can't, yes, that is a character. Hello. Guy who can cook. Um, but guy. he just head bobs and half smiles a lot through this movie. And then big, we have fashion guy. eyebrows, Peter. Um, mm. He's, for some reason, Sam's boss, uh, which you can, you know, is one of the ways you can tell them apart. One is in charge and the other one isn't. Um, also, uh, spoiler alert for Final Destination 5, if you haven't seen it, but uh, we're just going to spoil it right here. Okay. The movie came out over a decade ago. Get with the times. Whoa. Um, but the biggest giveaway that this movie is a secret prequel 
is that a character arrives in a car listening to Everclear. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah no, I was thinking that too. I was like, what year is it supposed to be? Yes, the Everclear and then the Lisa Loeb reference immediately. Yeah. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. they don't know who that is. And the flip phone. I mean, it's just <laughs> throwing it at you yeah. in a way that is... Like, did anyone fall for this? It seems like weird that people fell for it because Everclear is one of those things that just culturally we decided we don't need this. We just, we can leave that behind. Uh, It it was a bad idea at the time. It's gotten even worse since. So we just, we just say no to Everclear as a choice. It also does not project I'm in a good place in my life. When someone no, arrives no. listening to Everclear. That it's, is Yeah, it's I'm five minutes away from death. I will say um I did buy into it because all mm-hmm. of the styling was not <laughs> appropriate for the time period. Sure. Um yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. they were like, you know, it was little, This was American little, peril era a hundred percent. Yeah, it was a little, little half ass. Like I, I think that they, you know, weren't willing to have everybody dress like it was a decade earlier. So they kind of throw these sort of, you know, vague cultural references in. Yeah, there was those boot cut, like, old Navy jeans that kind of, I was like, no, come on, guys. <laughs> well, let me tell you, when I had hair down to my shoulder, it it worked for like half a second, those boot cut jeans. But then I, I woke up and I got myself right. And I never listened to Everclear again. And it's a decision I don't regret. Molly, on the other hand, our blonde, our resident blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much. She, uh, is blonde. She is sad. She has shittier taste in boyfriends than she does in music, which is really saying something. And she has arrived, uh, and Sam is like, oh my gosh, I just was notified that you canceled your ticket, uh, that we're going to take on this trip to Paris. And she's like, yeah, can we not talk about that? And this is the first indication that something is very wrong in this company. Because not only have they not told you what they do, they haven't told you the name of the company. And this is when you start to think, wait a second, is this company's business fucking? Is that what they sell? Mm-hmm. Because then Peter is sleeping with an intern. The intern is one of is like one of the owners of the business's daughter. Yeah, this so- is all very incestuous. Like everybody's friends, everybody's because like, it's it's one of the you know the the you know, things that Final Destination loves is and you know having an excuse for these people to be constantly together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. before they were they were classmates, which makes yes. sense. It you know, sense. then you know before that in the, like the last one they were like you know two sets of couples, I think, and like, you know, one girl that kind of just hangs around. And now they're co-workers. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Patrick, you have an excuse to hang around a lot with your co-worker. You're married to her. Yes, but, but legally. Most people, you know, you know, end of the day, they're like, well, see you Tuesday. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, you know, this movie, they have to have this sort of labored, you know, well, they're, they're friends and some of them are sleeping together. And, you know, this one's, you know, you know, father and daughter. And, you know, so they have to have an excuse for why after this disaster happens, they would still be clinging to each other. Even, yeah, even though, you know, if you were in a you know, horrific disaster with your coworkers, you'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to pretend I don't know any of you after this. I don't want to have to think about this. Yeah. What did they do? <laughs> like, what was the job? Um, the- apparently, it is a paper company. Um, okay. Why a paper company would be called Presage, which sounds like 
whatever you would call the pale person in a pit who prognosticates when crimes and, and occur. Why they, and why they have to go to like a, a like a, a like a team building seminar that sort of you know is you suggest that they're like uh, investment tra- investment bankers or, yeah, or right, day yeah. traders or something like you know you're selling paper and they're you know there's there's a very you know you know, motivational speech type of uh type okay. of atmosphere maybe yeah. someone was really into the office i was thinking that i was like is this some sort of like you know office reference I because kind of it was because, because there's the upstairs one people actor, and the downstairs people david david keckner i don't know if he actually ever was on the office i feel like he, oh, he was yeah. Something. yeah you know he was kind of you know overlapped into all of those people and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm like, is this supposed to be like kind of a gag? Like, you know, you, you like, it's like, oh, they work for a company like The Office. Yes. Yeah. I think it really is a, what is, what are people culturally aware of when it comes to companies? And it was this or a tech company or a, some shitty website. And they're like, oh, no, no. Well, a tech it's- company would have made more sense for why so many people are just, you know, again, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Racist I mean, assholes. Yeah, yeah. I, they, it's I, I usually it's what someone majors in. Uh, in in many of our movies, uh, this seems to be just the type that this company hires. Um, that intern is named Candace, <laughs> and she uh, arrives in what appears to be Mash cosplay for some reason. She was in the Korean War. I don't know what that jacket's doing. It's it's an odd choice. There's some, there's some interesting, uh, you know, I'm going to a, a, a team building seminar with my, with my coworkers outfits happening in this scene. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of these people to, to steal a bit from mystery science theater 3000, like every frame of this movie is someone's last known photo. There's just like a, a doomed, not in their character sense, but like the wattage of the bulb doesn't burn as bright for me here. It's just <laughs> a little underwhelming. Um, but here to here to rescue us from all that is um, a character who <laughs> bounds out of a boogie van and one of the less natural exits I've ever seen in my life. Uh, she's named Olivia. She's mm-hmm. a reverse. She's all that. Uh, she's a girl at the company who attempts to look less sexy by putting glasses on even while just showing up with a bra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and for whatever, reason, for whatever reason, even though these these are presumably grown women, mm-hmm. like she still got the sniping thing going back and forth with with uh, I've already forgotten her name, uh, Candace. Cal- Candace. Candace. Yeah. Where again, that that's that's a that's a a final destination thing where you know mm-hmm. th- these characters are are forced together you know through circumstance, but cannot stop being shitty to each other. Well, you know, because they all have to be you know, in competition for male attention because, you know, that's all that exists. This is true. Uh, and uh, they really never stop. No. no matter how dire things get, they all remain in this with the same attitude. So at least they're consistent. I'm just not enjoying the consistency. And into this mix uh, it is Isaac. Um, <laughs> now, I'm going to... Ex- Josh, you may not be aware, but we have a character type on the show that we like to refer to as a dirty peanut. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is someone who's just grimy on the outside. Mm-hmm. And my belief is that Isaac is one of the first dirty on the inside dirty peanuts we've ever covered on the show. Mm. He's just he's just gross for no particular reason other than someone had to be gross, like they picked the attribute out of a hat. Uh-huh. I will say for him, though, 
at least he's honest about how horrible and disgusting he is. You know, there's there's nothing sure. being held back and I can appreciate that so I can steer clear. He's a natural when it comes to that. Um, also, pro tip for everyone out there in the audience, never refer to another human being as mall face. That is... That is, that is not. He, a, had, a, he had some good ones. I'm sorry. There were a couple of zingers where he got them, and I said, "Good for you. Good for you." <laughs> when he when he's like picks up, it's all very offensive. But he like picks up the phone and is like, "You're the bigger girl, right?" And I was like, "Oh my god, it's so bad." But he, 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 know, he knows he knows multiple women named Kimber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all do, right? Sure, we all do. We all know Kimber one and two. And it was like, was trying to like hook up dates like outside of town. He made me laugh. He did. <laughs> he is the one character here that I think that when we, when we started talking about Friday the 13th, one of my big fascinations was, you know, you know, you're going to die here. How do you make your character sing and the time you have available so that you might be memorable? And I think He's the one who accomplishes that the easiest. Oh, for sure. And I think like we're starting to get a little bit self-aware with these archetypes by what is this 2011 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think there are moments where they succeed with Isaac because, you know, five, 10 years earlier, it wouldn't, they wouldn't have been aware of what this character was doing. He would just be offensive and gross, but I think they, they kind of went scream with it. They kind of knew what he was up to. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Nathan, who is in charge of the factory within this up until this point, nondescript business where they produce employees to sleep with. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how it works, um, but uh, he's having problems with some guy in the factory. And they the subtle inference here is that he's too young and also uh, that he's too black. Yeah, uh, for sure. Some of the factory workers who are oh, not fans oh, yeah. of that. So that's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, may we all have problems on the level that Sam does when he says, they want to send me to the flagship restaurant in Paris. Like, that is not a problem. Go. That is not a problem. If what you want to do is cook, you go to Paris, God damn it. Ay, ay, ay. Thank God. Sales, so. Thank God there's a, a face that we can all recognize in David Keckner, who's there to be mean and stupid. And he excels at both. And so they all gather onto one bus and they're off for the company retreat. And now we're at the Deathtacular where we flash forward to what their deaths are supposed to be. Um, So we open on the caution bridge under construction sign. Uh, We catch a 180 corporation consulting Taggart logging truck. That's a Final Destination 2 reference. Um, some assholes cutting into the bridge. <laughs> yeah, don't cut into a bridge. That seems like a bad fucking idea. You should, uh, you should at least passed, put up like a, you should at least put up a cone or something. You're gonna be cutting into yeah. the bridge. Yeah, yeah, one cone. Uh, we're gonna get to the most agree. Like, mm, we'll get to it. I'm gonna put a pin in cutting into the fucking concrete of a bridge. Uh, we also pass by a bubbling cauldron of tar. That won't come into play later on. No. Uh, Sam gets a cut on his thumb, and that's the one thing he. He wakes up to, as it were, as as an identifying record skip so that when we come back and that happens, he knows he's repeating something. We also hear Kansas's Dust in the Wind. Gina, aren't you a a big fan of Kansas's album covers? 
I, I do like their album covers. I, I implore anyone listening to this to just Google Kansas album covers. They're just Baroque masterpieces. <laughs> wow. They seem metal as fuck for a band that is ostensibly acoustic guitar rock. Yeah, they they're like yo know, if if you know, if your dad was like a seventies guy, he probably mm-hmm. listened to Kansas. I know my dad did. Yeah, um, my dad didn't. Um, he was a he was a Ike and Tina Turner fan. Mm. Well, that's good too. Yeah, 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 that works. Uh, so uh, underneath the bridge is a sailboat that'll come into play later. We got uh, another guy with a cement saw who causes a cascading crack in the surface tension of the roadway. And you think he got in trouble for that later? You think he got a write-up? Yes, I think he did get a write-up at the very least. Um, It's an incredibly stupid way to behave. I don't don't know what the point of it is, just saw into concrete on a bridge. I don't know what it... I mean, particularly with like the, the bridge is still in use. Yeah, that that that, <laughs> that seems that that seems not well thought out. No, it really thought out is probably not what is happening here, uh, and I would say that it goes across the board. Um, but uh, as soon as the cracks begin to appear, the uh, support cables begin to give away almost immediately. Uh, Candace zigs when she really should zag. And ends up getting uh, falling off of the bridge and speared on the top of that sailboat, and her guts go woo up towards the camera like it's Jaws 3D. <laughs> <laughs> the best 3D, <laughs> exactly. You get it, Josh. Oh yeah. Um, Isaac uh, must have been having a really good convo because he ends up staying on that bus when everyone runs off until the point it actually crashes into the river below. Uh, he Olivia actually, he, he actually her- probably has the least horrifying death in this, in this scene. But I mean, he sees it coming. It's a, I mean, it's a lot of, you can't do anything about it and it's a long time. <laughs> and you know, coming. it didn't feel good too. Yeah. And um, the other thing is when they see it, when we flash back and they actually get off the bridge, the bus falls backwards into the river. So, so he falls into the, he would have fallen into the toilet then. <laughs> That's how I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all how we're destined to go, Gina. We definitely got toilet deaths in our, you know, <laughs> it's very Friday in our future. Whether it's an indoor or an outdoor toilet, I think we've talked about toilet deaths enough that it's probably going to happen. Um, Olivia loses her glasses like a real Velma. Yep. Um, and uh, that'll come into play later. The bridge collapses in front of Sam and Molly as they... And they head for a railing section to get across what is basically a balance beam of two severed connector beams. Um, Olivia tries and uh, fails, uh, and she gets wily coyoted by a falling car. She falls into the river, lives, yeah. How did, by a car. How did she not explode on impact? Do I feel like you'd die? But she yeah, didn't, and I mean, that's okay. It's the the, the thing about about hitting the water is is that from a certain distance it's really just as hard as concrete yeah but again we don't come to final destination for reality this is not we we don't we don't buy a ticket and go one for the most realistic movie we've ever seen final destination five so like 
It's trying to upend expectations, so I'll give it that. I mean, I, I you do, didn't expect I do, her to get Wile E. Coyote. I do wish she would have held up a little sign and said, yipe, right before it happened. <laughs> I thought she, she was really going to go, only thing fuck, but she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan <laughs> basically explodes on contact when he gets swiped by bridge <laughs> cable support. I missed I mean, Nathan's death. I like blinked and I missed it. Yeah, he just, like, he just like bursts like a balloon. I was like, yes. did he even die? But no, yeah, you did. Uh, I mean, he's not alive, but also no bones. That's a no bones death. He just explodes. Um, like the and, eyeball later on. Yeah. Uh, Keckner takes a wave of boiling tar to the Ooh, face. That, that's the, that's take the, it well. That was that's, the, that's, the worst, that's the worst one for me. That was it, not fun for him at all. But you know what? Yeah. Not to jump ahead, but like it, his later death kind of made up for it. <laughs> Sure, I agree with that. Um, Peter and Sam leap onto a section of railing that's kind of hanging off. Um, and this seems to be a really great idea. Uh, but there's also a truck teetering over the edge that just has to ha just happens to have every deadly instrument known to man. <laughs> um, and so there's a there's a what movie what what was it a naked gun movie where like the the guy's trying to escape like and like he's getting out of ropes and he's like shaking like a cabinet and like just stuff keeps falling off the cabinet hitting him in the head <laughs> yes. like a bowling ball like an anvil or something like, that. Like, get something like that this is basically a naked gun movie really <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all it needs is OJ, and I mean that I, not not OJ the character. Uh, OJ Simpson needs to be in this post trial and everything. <laughs> wow, they're already in enough danger as it is. <laughs> um, but it, the truck happens to have it's filled to the brim with that kind of rebar that can just penetrate your skull completely with only yeah. ten feet of clearance. No, uh, again, no, no bone, no bone. There's no yeah, bone. He just, should it, have a skull. It's like it's like it's like putting a pencil through a lump of play-doh. <laughs> really, everyone's body is very smooth and just no resistance whatsoever. It's not like it's coming from twenty-five feet. This is just above his head, and it just seems to slice through him like a hot knife through butter. You know, we don't, we're not coming for reality, but I do for six, I would really like people to come pre-installed with bones in their head. Um, and if you're wondering if he hits the water, he does but after yeah. his yeah, body he, hits yeah, a he concrete pile. That was genius. He gets, a titan that. he gets a titanic treatment where he just bounces off he, of something. It's so sad. It's so like demeaning and it's beautiful. <laughs> It is very Titanic X. I, I, I like that. Um, bye, Peter. Uh, Sam starts climbing up. Now, Molly, unharmed at this point. She, when we never see her death because Sam is sliced in half by metal sheeting, again, falling from maybe five, seven feet above him. I, I don't, is it rocket powered? I don't exactly know how there would be enough force for this to actually happen, but... There you go. Because he's a weak um, little marshmallow. It makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and we're out. Um, that's it. Uh, it's a, 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 an interesting zig there to be the person who has the prognostication, see someone live. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll come back into play. Again, there's some nice, there's some interesting plays in the formula here that I do genuinely enjoy. 
maybe get a new casting director. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, but how good did it look? Like I'm that bridge, I was so impressed with the bridge destruction. It was yeah. like gorgeous. It was beautiful. It felt like Avatar. It <laughs> it does it is a bigger achievement, certainly, than the NASCAR situation in the final destination. But that not, is not quite horrific. as big of an achievement as the uh, roller coaster of love, though. R- roller coaster is interesting as a roller coaster employee. I, I have problems with the roller coaster. Well, but, but, as someone, I don't know. It's just so funny and stupid. I love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, Part two is always going to be the most memorable one because, yes. like, you, everybody mm. thinks about it when they see a truck with logs. Part two is my favorite one. Yeah, I, 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 I never begrudge anyone. I, I especially, I do. think that the opening Death Tacular is the high point for the franchise, and so we're now uh, post this. Um, uh, he has the flashback. He gets the cut on the thumb. He hears dust in the wind. He gets a bunch of them off. Uh, as per usual in the Final Destination universe, when someone avoids that death, all of a sudden, that death-tacular takes much less time to take place. It's just instantly faster than it was when they were actually involved. For whatever reason, maybe they're changing destiny, da 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 da, da But hey, it happens, they're safe. And so we are introduced to, yet again, another federal agent who's been tasked with building a case against death. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, this is like, you know, this, this was something obviously that that puzzled me in the first one. It's like, what do they think that he, what do they think he did? Like, he, I, you know, oh, he's, yeah. saying, he, he's saying that, you know, he, 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 you know, he had a premonition. Yeah. And so this, this police artist, like Courtney B. Vance, who's been in many other movies. Yeah. Um, is looking, looking at him very suspiciously, like, oh, you know, yeah. like, did you have something to do with this? I think we're going to be seeing it. What do you think he did? Well, I'm sorry. I think all of the protagonists from all of these movies, if this was real life, would end up in Guantanamo Bay so <laughs> fast that they like would wish death would come because I feel like it would be worse <laughs> for them what was actually going to happen. I mean, when when he says it was a vision, Courtney B. Vance is like, oh, okay, psychic phenomenon, ghosts, Bigfoot. Dude, ghosts and Bigfoot weren't involved in this bridge collapse in which which a construction crew was jackhammering the surface of a fucking bridge. It could have been Bigfoot. It could have been. (laughs) Yeah. He's like surprised when, oh, we got the report in. It was, you know, they blamed the the high winds. He's like, high winds. He's like sputtering, like, like. I High thought, winds is it's obviously this 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 halftime paper salesman slash cook who who got broken up by his girlfriend. He obviously caused a bridge collapse by what now? Like how does this work? Is this a Rico case? You would how be like this is terrorism. This? You would be like this is a hundred percent terrorism. Like put him in prison. I I just I don't I don't understand if I I don't. Uh, legally, it is tenuous. And listen, I'm happy to have Courtney B. Vance here. He's got the hottest chick in the game wearing his chain. Mm-hmm. I love Courtney B. Vance. But he is given a yeoman's task as any federal official or police detective is in a Final Destination movie in which they're running around going, well, death certainly is happening around you, but everyone sees the vast majority of these deaths take place 
and they know you're not causing them. So the fuck you gonna do? Like handcuff fate? Please, you've got like, I, this is a trope that needs to go. That We can see this wave bye-bye. It works when a plane explodes. The rest of these things are just fucking crazy accidents. And they don't work that way. I, I We lost it for a little while. Now it's come mm, back. If I was a cop, yeah. I would be like, oh, so Tony Todd did this. <laughs> right, exactly. I would just Tony know. Todd should be under federal law. Go down to the funeral home. Talk to that guy. I We yeah. need to talk to Tony Todd. He's got too much gravitas. His it's, voice is too fucking boss. It's dangerous. Something's going wrong here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Candyman is up to this. <laughs> Listen, if I get to hang out in a trailer village with Courtney B. Vance, I, I, I'm going to do it and everything. Uh, I love hanging out with Tony Todd. I'm all for it. But honestly, those two characters should be talking and hashing this out and everyone else. Oh, my God. Splattering. I would love to watch those two hanging out, just like watching everyone die on like security cameras. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would a final destination be without an awkward ass funeral? We get one of those, which... Um, Isaac is listed as one of the people who is dying. That would happen and, to me. You know, yeah. That was funny. I love that. And I love that uh, Isaac was like, shut up. You can like, he was like so offended by her laughing. Yeah, no, you honestly, like I, I have laughed at funerals and I feel terrible about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know we're, I know we're, we're pressed for time. I do have a funny story about laughing at a funeral. I'll, I'll tell you another time, Patrick. Okay. Did you murder someone? <laughs> it's okay if you did. Just don't say it on a podcast. <laughs> I did not murder anyone. <laughs> okay. Yet, Gina. Yet, let's yes. just. That's yeah. my disclaimer. Yet, um, our old pal Bloodworth shows up here to to deliver a creepy and cryptic message and disappear like a ninja again. Um, I don't it's know. Very, how it's a very, cri- it's a very cryptic though. Because <laughs> it sounds like, like don't fuck with this. He's he's well, this, one, this one is cryptic. When he shows up later and goes, "If you kill somebody, you get their time." Like this is that in time movie with Justin Timberlake. That's new information, and this is a prequel, so he could have told that to the first or second group of people and doesn't. Well, because he did it once, and he was like, "That's enough. They can figure yeah. it out from now on." <laughs> Listen, this, they're on their own. Yeah. Um, Sam and Molly tried to get back together I, and who, you know, who would deny them? The chemistry between them is just electric. They're together forever. Uh, and that's why it keeps shorting out. Um, cut to the National Gymnastics Championship of Sawville, USA, Canada. Uh, Candace uh, nearly steps on a screw many times. Oh, this is, know, this, see, this is so prolonged. This no, it's beautiful. <laughs> this, I'm sorry, is high art cinema. That little screw deserves a retroactive Oscar nomination. <laughs> best supporting, best supporting, best supporting actor. tiny screw that almost gets you in the foot. I, like, good for but that get somebody screw. else in the foot. Like, eventually, someone gets that foot. Yeah. I, I will say it is as prolonged as it does a really good, this is something I complained about in the last one, but this one does actually does do a really good job of making you try to figure out. It's brutal. You know, you know mm-hmm. what, what it is, it's going to take her out because it's, you know, yeah, it's not going it. to be the screw because it's never the first thing that, that they encounter, but there's a lot of <laughs> shit going on in this, in this, in this gym at the same time. And mm-hmm. so, and then they end up kind of like, you know, having this thing from out of nowhere. Yeah. I love it. It's this is one of the best deaths I think in horror history right here. The 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 land wrong uh because dust gets in your eye and, you, and uh, that's another no bones death. Like 
It would. It would. There be, were she some would, bones. Would be there some bones. No, she's there got were some bones. bones in this death. I'm sorry. There, no, there's some bones. But um, not, not as many bones as in uh, it follows, because because yeah. too many bones in, in in the same kind of scene and it follows. But uh, all, all the bones had to wait for Isaac because he got <laughs> crunched and cracked. But um, I love this death. I think this death. It is a good. So I, I think I think it's fun. a good. I think it's a good death. Actually, I didn't love this movie, but I think this was a pretty good death. Oh, I love this. Movie. It's definitely a memorable one, and it's a one that a lot of people point to. And but I, and I, I think, think that, it's I think the that building they, of the tension rather than the payoff. I, I think they made. Oh, I do both. think. I do think they made a mistake in making this the first one because because I feel sure. I feel like they kind of like like you <laughs> expended all of their energy on this one where this one should have been like a midpoint death because you know, I think it was yeah I respect that but I don't know it really got my energy going for this movie this death. It's so painful. I love it. Uh, it's you can you can see it in your head, whereas some of these I I think are prolonged, you know, teases. Like Isaac's is a is the perfect example of just an extended tease, where it's out to punish him more than deliver a fantastic denouement. So from that standpoint. Him going into this massage parlor, getting physically ass- assaulted by uh, a woman in her 50s. I'm all for that. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. And it's um, funny. Like, his is more like, it's like a joke. Like, like mm-hmm. from start to finish, like a well-crafted joke, even though it's gross. Um, yeah. But it's another it. one where liquid has a lot to do with it. Ugh, always. Without water, I do wonder where the Final Destination franchise is. And like because, CGI goop water, always. Yeah. <laughs> Loves it. It's um, like Moana, and, you know, the water's a character. <laughs> sure, yes. Again, if Courtney B. Vance is out there trying to arrest water, I'm here for that 100%, subplot. and he could. Yes, he's got the evidence. It's the only evidence he has. So uh, Isaac kicked over a plastic tub of something flammable. Um, I think it's like some kind of sanitizer or something. That the yeah, uh, something flammable. Um, but he also um, manages uh, to get a bunch of acupuncture needles, um, which were already in his body. But he falls off the massage table, and then they all go into him. Okay, oh. into him. <laughs> so this is my my time to shine because my aunt yes. is an acupuncturist. Um, oh. And uh, they are not that big. They are no, they're not really not. They're that not big. Like, they do not go that deep. They are little itty bitty babies, and if you like flick them, they fall off. So yeah, they're not like like uh, uh, you know, barbecue skewers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. You, they're like little, was, little thin little needles. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, but like, I think I think the hurt, the but. owner I think the owner of that place has real needles and needles she uses decoratively when you flirt with her niece. Yeah, the, for the, and, the like sexual, like the sex pest needles. The yes. sex pest needles. And he gets the box marked sex pest. And he deserves and it. He falls on them and that was another groan out of me. Because Ooh, it was gross. And the pull out of that one needle, I was yeah. like covering the screen and it's like 20 seconds. It's a long time. <laughs> It's a, it's a lot of needle to pull out of yourself. But this is all for naught. He gets thrown by an explosion against the wall and somehow his towel stays on, which, <laughs> come on. Let's see what that dick is doing. Um, <laughs> but no, we're denied. Uh, and uh, on a shelf is a very heavy Buddha statue, which falls off and just smushes his head. I loved it. Um, he shouldn't have, should have fat shamed the Buddha. No. Yeah, that's what happens when you fat shame Buddha. Mm-hmm. 
I yeah, you're, you're only asking for it. <laughs> I love um, <laughs> and then uh, this is also the scene which Bloodworth gives them the, if you kill somebody, you earn their time. We're all walking around with extra time on us, but Listen. when you're murdered, you get time? But that's, what? That's, what? It's like that Nickelback video where everybody has a little like clock above their heads. But spoiler, you, before you kill someone, you might want to get a complete uh, uh, report on their health. Yeah. Yes, you need a you need a Carfax for how many years they have left in them, but uh, congratulations, Josh. That is, I think, in our seven year history, our our first reference to that band. So, oh. a, 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 in the same mm. in the same episode in which we talked about Everclear for the first time. So I am a Canadian, so <laughs> it it kind of is full circle here. So, well, now you have the beaches, and they're so much better. Thank so. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so now that they have this information, uh, Olivia, <laughs> um, our hot girl with glasses, uh, is like, fuck them glasses. I'm going to go to LASIK and get rid of this. Um, she gets sexually harassed by, um, the ophthalmologist. Oh yeah. Um, and he straps her head onto this thing and there's a long sequence in which, um, a water cup, uh, falls off of, of, of a water thing and, and it shorts out the laser machine and um, she can sense that it's happening. She tries to reach for the stop button and it goes awry and she just gets laser it's so, <laughs> straight in the eye. I don't, rem- I, I, in my memory, she, she doesn't actually get lasered. Like it was like just a fake out, but she mm-hmm. does. She gets real eyeball lasered. And her hand. She gets, yes. And, and handball me, laser too. That is that is my greatest fear of that whole LASIK situation. That feels like that's what I think it is. That is what I, it I know is. it isn't, but no, it that's is. what I think it is. Well, the problem with this um, scene is is that it's it's this part is great, and then like how she actually dies is the it's dumbest so stupid. shit. This is she, the worst she, one. She like slips on like a teddy bear's nose and, and like yeah. goes flying out a window. <laughs> that <laughs> window like, would not. That window <laughs> that window prison for she that should window. not have been able to fall that easily through that window and she wears she weighs like 110 pounds no yeah it, no i yeah good setup terrible punchline yes i you know the movie loves defenestration i love defenestration um i just think you have such a nice setup with the whole laser thing i just don't it's it feels to me like another version of that the kid who's supposed to be five and they turned him into a 14 year old from in, the de- two, in the dentist office and the dentist where, where, office where you know it would have worked amazing. it would have worked much better if it had been like the tanning booth uh yeah kill so which amazing. is which was also very memorable and very you know very well done i thought hilarious mm-hmm. i'm sorry but when they when they smash cut from them in the tanning booth to their to their coffin side by <laughs> side oh I love it. I love a good. I love a good smash cut like that. <laughs> that like like kind of references how they died. Yeah. Like, and like, like why are they like, being buried together? Like like okay. like a Bram Stoker's Dracula when like a like a, a severed <laughs> head goes right to like like a roast beef on like the table. Oh, I love it. Thank you, thank you, cinema. <laughs> oh my god. God it's bless t- the movies. Like, yeah. I mean, Josh. Once upon a time. Um, when we were covering the Friday the Thirteenth movies, one of the things that we found in in like the wikis for the for the franchise was that anyone who was killed together, someone had, had made it their job in life to write that the characters were buried together 
one on top of the other. Mm. And then when we talked after talking about it and our first, you know, blossom of listenership, it suddenly disappeared. And I really wish we had taken some screenshots, Gina, because people think we're making our, it our, up. And everyone thinks it. we're making it up now. No, 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 it's like it. it's documented in time. We, we did. I could not have come up with that in a million <laughs> fucking years. Um, okay. So poor Roy, because like mm-hmm. Roy wasn't in the opening. Was, do no. you think, is Roy like our first death in this franchise that like. Is completely arbitrary? Yeah. Um, yes. I, I, I well, well he does with the exception it. of the death-tacular or well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course. you know, like <laughs> weird explosions. It's, it does seem to be the most arbitrary, but I think the only reason it does happen is because now that we have this completely new information from Bloodworth, there has to be someone um, is the proof of concept. Yes, 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 yes. And I was extra confused because in the death-tacular, he was the death that I missed. I blinked and mm-hmm. I met Nathan, and then he didn't die then. And I was like, does Nathan live? Are they going to like, which kind of could have been cool, but no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And it's, it's obviously it's, it's, it's another accident here, but it does prove the concept that you somehow buy time by killing someone else. And so that's the, that's our, one of our big twists here. And I do like the idea of these twists because at the point where we introduce this concept, it does set up a more ad, a more believable adversarial relationship than we get in some of the other films where there's just one Ben Affleck like asshole who just wears track suits and goes, I'm going to kill you, but for personal reasons. Here, we're giving motivation. If I kill you, I somehow thwart death's plan and I buy myself extra time. This is, an, in concept, a very interesting zig or zag on the formula. Uh, I have a question. I have a question for you. What do you think mm-hmm. the chances are that they're going to keep up with that in the new one that's supposed to be Zero. underway? Zero. Zero. Yeah, I agree. Zero. I think they're going to completely just like, yeah, oh. no, that that never happened. They're going to do whatever the hell they want, and I respect yes. it. It's been enough times that I think there. I think there is a pent up demand for them because these are on your fun end of popcorn horror movies. So. There's there's a there's been enough time where I think you could come through with a really fun version of this movie without feeling the need to super shake up the formula. I don't think it needs that. I, no. I think it needs thoughtful, strategic direction and good casting. And then simple, simple, simple. Yes. It's it's what it comes down to. You don't need to fuck with it too much. Just bring it back. To the point where it's fun and semi-believable and unexpected in the sense of how people how deaths work, but you don't have to overcomplicate it with linking it to the ridge quadridge. And they did it perfectly this, this time. You know, they, they yeah. really wrapped it up great. Send it to space, anyways. No. Yes. Um, exactly. Um yeah. So yeah, we get Roy. um Dennis uh, gets killed with a wrench to the face off a belt sander. <laughs> Real fast. Although we got some practical gore here when he's like, when they show him on the ground and mm-hmm. his head is all bashed in. There's a little yes. bit of practical gore in this movie, which I really did appreciate because I think this franchise 
sometimes goes with the CGI blood just a little too much. They love sponge bodies here. And when people explode, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that, but everyone can't explode. No, no, And no. so I, I feel like this is an improvement on the practicals that they sprinkled in in four because bones. Um, and so now we, we've set up a, a basic a, 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 a standoff here between our, our last triumvirate of real active participants mm-hmm. of Sam, Peter, and Molly. It was interesting. Peter, thrown by the fact that his gymnast girlfriend cannot stick a landing, uh, has decided his way out of this is to murder some people, uh, namely Peter and particularly Molly, because Peter has made a big deal of the fact that she did not die in his vision. So therefore, she has the most clearance out of every of them. I, I get it. If I, I yeah. would be the Peter in the group. You know, <laughs> you know what? Fuck these people. Um, let's let's see what happens. Yeah, and what happens is Agent Block gets shot in the back three times. Oh yeah, so. I wouldn't shoot him in the back three times. That's yeah. true. And but that sets up the other problem here is whereas at one point, you know, Peter and Molly might the authorities might feel they have it coming because there's already an established pattern, but Block has zero to do with it. So now he's got double the motivation. He has to kill uh, Sam and Molly because they witnessed the murder. Kill them. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked it. It was kind of like a fun action moment with the with the kitchen drama. Yeah. It was. A, I mean, it's a, it interesting. Before. It's a place full of danger. So much danger. So much fire. So much oil. Yes. Uh, and the friars are really put into the test. I will say in the establishing uh, sequence in, in the kitchen, uh, Sam is shown cutting foie gras that he is uh, uh, deep fried. Uh, he's cutting it on a dinner plate. You would never do that. I mean, you, you would, I don't would. use a dinner plate to cut food. But I, I am a heathen. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. But you're not working in a kitchen. I'm just saying in a fucking kitchen. He's just bad at everything he does. He is fucking terrible. And I mean, the only thing he's barely good at is avoiding death from Peter. Uh, and so he ends yeah, he up uh, skewering uh, Peter in the back with a giant. Um, I think that's a skewer you would put uh, to a rotisserie uh, a chicken. Oh, uh, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, uh, that's what it appears to that be. That was a real um, CGI 3D nonsense. Yes, there's a lot of 3D nonsense here. It was of a time... Uh, and and this is the one 3D movie, Gina. I did not get to watch in 3D. Oh, oh. This is the one that you would want. Yes. Well, I I managed to see the Final Destination in 3D. Uh-uh. Uh, I also managed to watch Friday the Thirteenth 3D, Jaws in 3D, Parasite in 3D. I've watched a lot of crap in 3D. This is the one I couldn't get my hands on, unfortunately. Is, I feel like this is like the only one that did it well. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't speak to, to that point, but that now we're at the point where you think, okay, we've, we've gotten past our main thrust of, can we survive this ordeal? And we have our final couple, Sam and Molly, and they've mended their differences and they've decided to change their lives and they're going to go to Paris and Sam has that job in the restaurant, the restaurant where the same restaurant, where the end of the original fi- uh, Final Destination takes place, uh, where the Ben Affleck guy gets skewered by oh. a side. Oh, 
Um, So uh, they get on a plane and they start looking around and things seem a little bit off. And wouldn't you know it, they're on flight 180 and this is a secret prequel and the original movie is just beginning as their movie is ending and I do love this. Oh, I, I like it. I, I, yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. It, it's incredible. It's horror history. Yes. I love it. Uh, it, just, it just fucking works. Oh, um, so good. And uh, not everything here works, but I, I do think this is on a, a, a an arc of trying really hard. And I do, I give it all the credit in the world where <laughs> you know, you're just it's fucking so trying. And um, funny enough, it, also became a Donnie Darko sequel when that guy got hit by the engine. Exactly. Uh, For weeks now, we've been asking for characters to get hit in the head with anvils. And now, Gina, we finally get it when Nathan is in a bar and he gets hit by a bunch of falling aircraft uh, parts uh, from Flight 180. (laughs) So rude. Oh, I guess all those people have died. Also, so that's yeah. There's like nine other people. In more collateral car. damage. Oh, uh, Tom yeah. Cruise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there you have it, folks. Um, any other quick thoughts about Final Destination Five? Only that it's a perfect movie, and <laughs> I'm grateful for its existence. And I think it should have gotten more Oscars. More Oscars. More more than it got, which was already like 10 or something. Yeah, it was the runaway hit. hit I was going to say, it was Black Horse Candidate. It was, it was. And it was, I think, directed by literally James Cameron's protege, if you recall. So that's almost an Oscar. One degree of separation. Sure. And so um, let's play a quick game of Choose Your Own Death Venture where we decide of these deaths, which one you would choose or or why. Do you want to fall on a sailboat, get exploded by a cable, uh, get sawed in half by a piece of sheet metal, uh, end up with a a car falling on you after you already fell off a bridge, pierce Mm. through the skull with a bunch of rebar and fall into a concrete piling, fall off a, a, a balance beam or not a balance beam. She's on the parallel bars and get snapped in half. Uh, get your skull crushed by a, a Buddha statue. Um, fall onto a car after falling several stories out of a window plus defenestration, thumbs up, uh, accidentally pushed into a metal hook uh, and have that come through your head. Uh, killed by a wrench off of a belt sander. Uh, get shot three times in the back, which come on. Uh, impaled through the bank by a meat skewer, um, sliced in half by a plane wing after you get sucked out of an airplane, uh, burned to death in an explosion, or crushed by uh, random pieces of falling airplane. Josh, you're our guest, and I choose you to go first. I appreciate that. Now, here's a question for clarification. Do I have mm-hmm. to die both ways that they died, or just the one way that they died? Just the it, one way. All right, all right, all right. But you I do th- have to be wearing the costume that they're wearing. All right, the costume that they are wearing. I think I'm going to go with the... Oh, okay, um, I'm going to be Roy, and I'm going to get the things through my head because it's very... Um, what's that YMCA band? It's kind of like a gay thing. The um, village people? Yeah, the very village, village people. people, very queer-coded. So that's what I'm going to go with. We're all for that. Uh, that you. makes total sense. Um, and you have a very spongy head, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Gina, what say you? I'm going to take uh, hit hit by falling plane parts in the middle of like giving giving a speech at a bar because I'm not going to see that coming. Are you Donnie Darko? <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs> I might be. Cool. Uh, yes, uh, that's a definitive uh, question. Um, listen, um, I there are lots of ways I I wouldn't want to go here. I think I'm going to take that wrench to the face because that's real fast. It was you fast. see wrench and then it's over. Yeah, you don't know you're even dying, which is a gift. Yes. Um, so uh, before we go, uh, Josh Hollis does all of our artwork and uh, Revenge Body does our music. Go to revengebodymemphis at bandcamp.com. For this remix and all our other tunes, Josh, uh, where can people uh, see and hear what you're doing right now? Well, you can check out what I'm writing if you go to Dread Central because I'm working on there every day doing a lot of news. But you can also, more importantly, um, check out and subscribe to the Development Hell podcast. It's a show where I talk about the best horror movies that never got made. So we're talking about, you know, like uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, Evil Dead 5, shit like that. Awesome. Uh, check it out, people. Gina, where can people find you on the internet? I write about television and movies at thespool.net. I have a substack, ginawatchesthings.substack.com. And I am on Blue Sky, Instagram, and TikTok under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. You know our socials. Come and find <laughs> us on Patreon. We're doing extra junk that you will find very entertaining. And you can support us and all that we do here to keep this podcast free for you. Uh, that just about does it for this week. Don't worry. Uh, Halloween's coming up, and the body count will continue for myself, for Gina and Josh. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Are we still here? Yeah. I am. Did I go away? No. You did for a second there, I think. Okay. Oh. All, all of time froze. I will fix that in the end. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. Are you on flight okay. 180? <laughs> I, yes. When it comes to the way we record this podcast, <laughs> you know, 60% of the time it works 100% of the time. <laughs>